now beaming into Nerd FT Radio. This is Nerd FT Radio, where nerds full-time explorers of the metaverse, surfers of the blockchain, and not in our mom's basement. I'm your host, RSG, aka the Texas guy, and I'm here with Crypto Cryer, aka the rug buyer. And we have a very special guest. We have Eric from Dragon's Crossing with us to nerd the heck out. How are you, nerd? How are you, nerd, is what I was about to say. How are you, Eric? How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Bloater Punch or Eric, we we won't go back a little bit. We're big on the DFK circuit. We did a lot of stuff with that. They had a podcast with the Inner Grove. I think we were on there for one of their episodes. They are now making a game called Dragon's Crossing that I was able to test out with him, do a little demo. Um, super cool. So the game is actually going to be launching fully ready to go. It's not going to be like, oh, we got a roadmap with the game coming out, guys. It's um, And it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be like a trading card game slash Dungeons & Dragons style. Pretty interesting. And uh, Eric can go a little bit more in-depth on it, I'm sure. But we can talk about just why did you choose to have a game style more so of a, a card game or like a Dungeons and Dragons style versus like a like a traditional video game per se. First of all, if anyone wants to see any information about the game, we our website went live yesterday. It's dragonscrossing.com. Awesome. You can see all the art, awesome. you can see the like items and heroes and land. Like you can see a lot of what the game would be all about. You can see the team. We all use our faces so you can see who's on the team, what they're doing and who they are, all that jazz. So that's one step in terms of like game. It's a really interesting process. So we're all from industry. We all have full-time jobs. We're all hustlers. I, like the people on the team are all really competent in their respective areas of expertise. And I don't think any of us really understood how hard it is to stand a project up. Yeah. So when you say, why did you uh, choose the way you chose? We had a vision for a game. We had a vision for, hey, we're on these projects that all are terrible, or most of them are terrible. And it's, hey, we're actually, and the founders are always like shady personas. Yeah. You never know who they are. Oh, most Welcome of them are rugs day one. And if they're not rugs, it's like rugs day 10. Day 30. And then if they're not, they're just 11. wildly incompetent. Yeah. I'm thinking of a couple of Harmony projects off the top oh, of my head whose roadmaps, <laughs> as you alluded to, all the above. extend to 2026. And there's 10 NFT mints on the way. We saw that and we're like, wait, we could do that so much better. We could do it like a real, we could do a real project. The reason we picked the format we picked, circling back to your question was, it's really hard to develop anything. And so we picked a consumable, attainable model, which was like, hey, we'll have simplified but nuanced gameplay. We won't have 3D graphics, but it'll be really art heavy. There'll be voice acting, there'll be sound effects. So there'll be texture to it. It'll feel like a classic RPG. And that's something we feel we could do on a very tight button. So that's why we picked that way. If I had unlimited money, yeah, we would have made another MMO, which seems like the thing to do, but those are just really hard and really expensive. I'm just like, oh, yeah, we're going to make this MMO. It's always oh, here to compete with a game company that has multiple billions dollars like, of research and uh, like 400 a 400 man development yeah. team yeah. good luck good man luck. yeah so i like i said we did the playthrough on the game very cool very interesting and if you are a tabletop game player at all i was hugely impressed i am a big tabletop game guy i love that style of gameplay 
love munchkin love dungeon dragons more like <laughs> love munchkin. munchkin such a good game it got that it gets that feel of you get it's the randomization of dice with again like you're mixing in with the cards of like you said a good art style stuff like that what's what's the what's like the main draw points for people who aren't really tabletop players or is it you're only going focusing on them is there anything else that you can bring those people forward i know rsg is not a big tabletop a couple of things one is actual game day of launch okay so the mint is in may the game launches in may so so at the onset if you're like if you're at all interested in web3 or gaming i think that's fairly unique so maybe that should perk some interest and then beyond that, doxed professional teams. So you can meet us. We're in Discord. You see my face on this podcast. You can see our faces on the website. We all have full-time jobs. We're not working out of a warehouse in Czechoslovakia. Like we're all here. We're all ready. To, nothing against Czechoslovakians. I think that, those are yeah, some so factors. On top of that, one thing that I think is really gets glossed over sometimes is when I, let's say I said, hey, CryptoCry, I'm launching a project. And if you get in on day one, I'm going to give you 40,000% APR on any tokens you stick. Yeah. And people generally like, ooh, that's so cool, 40,000. But that is essentially, ultimately, a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> and what happens is you emit this incredible amount of tokens. Some of them are locked. Some of them are not. And eventually, unless you, don't, unless you have unlimited growth, which eventually stops, people start selling those tokens and the price goes down. And unless people are buying those tokens, which I don't know why they would, because there's generally no token utility, it goes to zero. And the founders do really well. CryptoCryer does really well because he was there day one because I wanted him to be there. But most other people are like exit liquidity. So we're doing a total- I'm the exit liquidity. I am that. Yeah, exactly. Me too. That's why we're doing this project. We got sick of being the exit liquidity. <laughs> so another well, huge facet of this and what people have to get comfortable with is that you have to have sustainable tokenomics. And for there to be my hypothesis, my premise, is there have to be winners and losers. And so if you came to my project and I said, everyone's gonna get 40,000% percent it's gonna be awesome. Ultimately what that's saying is, <laughs> it's gonna be musical chairs and someone's gonna be left holding it back. But if I said, there's gonna be winners and there's gonna be losers, and that, that distinction will be driven by skill and choice and decision-making and risk, and it's going to feel good and there'll be ups and downs and there'll be tense moments and it'll be a game, then it's, oh, okay, that could persist. And that's what we're, so I'd say your question, what about the people who are on the tabletop? Hopefully something in that buffet of benefits, yeah. which I believe exists, would appeal to them. That's good. What do you think? A peak your interest there, Red Sox guy? Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. First off, you already told me I'm not going to be exit liquidity. So already peaked that's a little a bit, number one. Number two, from your experience through all these games, you mentioned some on Harmony, you mentioned DFFK, you mentioned, again, I'm assuming you grew up playing video games, everything like that. So when you, and I'm assuming also the rest of the team, same thing as well. So when you grab all of that experience, you see the flaws, you see the good things, you see the bad things, you grab all this, all this experience, and then you're able to now create something unique something new something that's yours based off of all that you guys went through that's something that a lot of people aren't really understanding in the nft game i'm going to be honest where a lot of people are watching others fail and they're not taking notes and they're just falling yeah, to the do the same exact thing yeah i just want to the be there day one that's all i want I, it's okay if it's yeah. a ponzi scheme i just want to be there day one <laughs> yeah exactly that's why exactly. I was the honestly <laughs> 
Yeah, you're the rug buyer this time. You, you guys remember Holy Grail? Like, I did. I crushed Holy Grail. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, we made some degen plays because it like tanked and then it went real covered. I can't remember if I won or lost money, but I was like in there when it was like at 0.00001% yeah. or one yeah. cents. I was like trading in and out. Yeah, so <laughs> that's actually a really funny one because we got, we got a guy. So it was like three of us that were doing it. And it's a very similar oh, no. setups. Like we we bought all pretty early. He was like, yo, dude, should I get in? Shout out to Truth. He bought the top on <laughs> twice. So he bought it and then it Sorry, went down. Truth. And then he was like, he, should I get in? And we're like, nah. And he bought it again and it died again. And I was like, oh my God, dude, come on. Yeah. Good for him. R.I.P. <laughs> to him. R.I.P. to Truth. But I will say it does pique my interest. I actually was looking at the website. And one of the things I did want to mention or ask for you guys. So obviously this is an NFT game. This is a Web3 game. What aspect, like... What what allow when you're a team and you're building this and you're building this game on the blockchain? Like what benefits to blockchain? That technology, yeah. Like what benefits? Like what's the technology behind it that actually allows you to do something that you maybe weren't able to do if you just Table made a regular game. game? Yeah. So if we made a regular game, no one would buy it because no one would care. First of all, because we'd Perfect be competing answer. with like Love it. really exceptional products. So Web three is, I'd say, more open space. Just being totally transparent, like there's more opportunity. I 100%. think. But I think it does provide really compelling technology benefits as well. And when I play a game, I have no ability to get any upside from it other than my enjoyment of the game. And I think Web3 gives that other upside, which is, hey, I bought this game. I played it. I did really well. I want to sell. So just think about WoW, for example. If you, if they, they don't want you selling your account, right? They actively prevent you from doing that. They will ban you if you do that, if they find out. And so I think if you I like, wow, is a great example of like, why can't I sell this, what I have and access to the game, the strength I've accumulated in the game, my ability to have fun in the game. So you ask, why did you build on the blockchain? So one of them is it's NFT based to play the game. You need a hero. Okay. Number one. And number two is with that hero, you can find additional NFTs and you couldn't really do that. You couldn't possess that ownership in web two. So we're really high on that. Now, let me talk about attention though. So I was big on DFK. So is CryptoCryer. A lot of people are, or were and are. And one of the things I really disliked about my experience, and there were a lot of good things too, was I don't want to sign a transaction every time I like take a breath, or move my mouse. I don't want to sign a transaction. And so we built, the game we built was like, hey, there should be blockchain related, but everything doesn't have to be on chain. That was the distinction. So I think DFK took an approach. Frisky Fox took this mentality of it's this beautiful decentralization. Let's put every single thing on chain. And that creates a lot of frictions. So the other side of it is some things are on chain. I think you could expect to sign between one and three transactions a session, maybe less. So there are transactions. There are things that touch the blockchain, but everything is not on chain by design. Yeah, I like that. I will say a really yeah. quick cry. The friction between my crypto, my crypto accountant and DFK was not good either. So I can, I can attest to that. Yeah, There's a like, lot of friction there, fired. and I really do. Yeah, he's, you're fired. I'm like, what do you mean? I hired these. Yeah, yeah you're fired. You're I'm out of here. But I will say that I, on the side of what at Cool Cats, one of the projects that I follow, that's one of the main things that they saw, and we're like, hey, let's try to. F- avoid that in some of the aspects of what they're doing with their new fraction. So I love that take of it where not everything has to be on the blockchain. There's some elements to a game that should be and can be, but not literally everything like it's ridiculous. And it just makes it 
not unplayable, but it, it doesn't make it pleasant, yeah. like you said. And for a lot of people with a short ass attention span, like one in the space, that's what is that definitely is what it's needed. Like people just want to do things yeah. quick and they don't have to do multiple clicks and everything like that. Go ahead, Carson. No, okay. Yeah, just what you're talking about that the idea of getting that breaking the immersion of you in the game is very off putting for sure. And until the blockchain advancement and technology gets to where that like, you don't notice it or don't see that, like when you pick up that item, That's right. it goes in your inventory, 100%. it just records that for you automatically without you having to do anything. And we're probably like a good seven years away from that type of thing. Like it's definitely far away, I think. That seems like a very professional analysis. Yeah. You're like seven. Seven and a half. Seven years, four months. <laughs> yeah. Seven years, four right. months, it's 23 right. days, seven. four hours. You know what I'm saying though. It's not close. It's definitely. It's, it's a long it's way definitely... off. Yeah. It's fundamental to the blockchain, right? You got to pay gas. Blockchains take times to record. And I don't know all the intricacies, but you're right. I agree. It feels like we're far away. Yeah. So until, until we have that, the... And again, just how you're saying, we don't need every single thing that you ever do. Create your name transaction. Create your character transaction. That's literally how right. mo like all right. of them are generally. But yeah. Let me tell you this though. My quality of life, when DFK was the heyday, okay? And I had 50 heroes, there were no bots yet. And questing all of them three times a day, 50 heroes. Like job. I was like... I, I like you wake up, you're like, Q, 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 Q. And then Still it's like, like the chains are all slow. It's like forever. You're just like, oh, Pending and then it's like again at lunchtime. It's like again at dinner. Oh my word. I was so sick of it. Yeah, but it was also like, oh, but you were doing $200 per round. Also, you're like, okay. I guess. <laughs> kinda, I guess. At one point, I was sell definitely motors. making a lot more money than uh, like most jobs. That's true. Which is that's true. pretty interesting. But. Anyways, and again, like we were talking about, we talked about this in the demo too. DFK, generally we're going to talk about this and reference this a lot because it's one thing that we played a lot. I do think they have a lot of potential, but another aspect that you said with the heroes is now we have 200,000 heroes. And How many, what is the, because Dark Summoning addressed some of them. Yeah, right? it burnt a little bit. I so think, what is the I think there right is now? like almost 200, I think it's like 180 or 160,000. Pretty high, but. There's guys on Twitter who are literally like, I summon 150 times a day. I'm like, holy cow, who is buying those heroes? <laughs> 12 cents a piece. But essentially the idea that we're able to have some sort of, that's exactly, I was a big Axie guy too. And I pivoted all of my Axie stuff into DFK because I, they improved on what Axie did. Like, Axie has no way to get rid of heroes. Like you just millions. Of them. <laughs> there's just an ass ton of them. So there's literally no way to get rid of them. And that, and then I was like, wow, they actually made a mechanic where you're like, we're going to get rid of these suckers because you don't need millions of them. You need to curate them essentially to make the ones that have any value at all. There was a point in time in 2019 that you could, I got like probably like a, probably like 35 to 50 axes for free, just because people were like, I have so many of them. Like, they were like, I don't, it would be too much effort to burn these. Yeah. So take yeah, these. Who wants N right here? I'm like, all right, I'll take them. Essentially that, that problem becomes in, how do you address that? And why do you, what's your mechanic behind? Again, be, taking that from DFK, personally, I took that from DFK and I was like, hero inflation feels really bad, especially for hero holders. People who hold heroes don't want there to be unlimited because that devalues yeah. what you're holding. Hero inflation is a really big topic. So one thing we tweaked from DFK is, and again, we're not a DFK clone. It's not like DFK, but we use some of the DFK mechanics because we thought they were really yeah. good. So one of them is the idea of a Gen Zero, which we call Genesis Hero. But instead of there being unlimited generation, or I guess 10 generations after, 
There's only one new generation, it's called Rift Heroes. And Rift Heroes cannot generate additional heroes. So Genesis Heroes control the entire populace. That's one mechanic. So it's not indefinite growth, it's limited yeah, or linear. Growth. And the second is heroes are really rare. And you can't, so in DFK, you can summon, if you have the jewel, you can summon on a timer just over and over again. In this game, the only way to get additional heroes is to take a Genesis hero and play the game and find shards, summoning shards from loot. So if you're not playing the game, number one, you can't find summoning shards. And number two, just because you play the game doesn't guarantee every time you play, you'll find a summoning shard. So we're controlling drop rate. We want there to be a really nice tension between supply and demand. We don't want there to be a market inundated with these heroes because it just, it makes finding heroes really not fun. And it makes the, like, why should I hold the Genesis hero if the value of holding it doesn't really help me that much? Yeah. Because these things aren't worth anything. Quick question on the Genesis hero side of it. How many, and you're saying the mint is coming up. That's when the game will launch as well. How many mints? What's the allocation on that? So public mint is 2,500 and there'll be 50 for the team. So 2,550 and then 250 reserved for airdrops, marketing, partnerships, etc. So the whole, the total supply of Genesis heroes will be 2,800. Okay. And that's it. There'll never be additional Genesis heroes. And it's up to those heroes. They will control the supply of heroes in the game and no one else will. Yeah. So we're trying to create hype around holding one of those. Absolutely. Now, for someone that unfortunately is in that day one, unfortunately doesn't have the funds to grab that Genesis hero at the beginning or later on, the game succeeds. You guys are like, oh man, everything's growing. Things are going good. If someone new that comes into the space wants to jump in and be like, hey, you know what? I want to get into this. Is there a way to play the game without having a hero? And then nope. like, you got to have a hero. So but think about this. The benefit of playing the game, Genesis it has value, right? That'll be great to have a Genesis hero. But if you're like, I showed up month four, why should I play the game? The game is set up, again, I talked about winners and losers. So this is what I want you to think about. This is the metaphor I'll use. Imagine we had four great, I used to skateboard in high school, class of 2004, right. okay? Big skater. <laughs> I could heel flip sometimes. And <laughs> imagine you had four, you, by the way, you give me a skater vibe, Red Side. Like I could see you on the skate, <laughs> at the skate park, what's up? I wish, bro. You got what about the vibes? room behind him gives you skateboard here. vibes? <laughs> oh, the room. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I don't totally know. skateboard vibes. So imagine you had four really competent skaters. And you okay. said, hey, I'm going to put on a big skating exhibition. And each of you are going to pay 100 bucks to participate. And the winner will get 300 bucks, And second place will get 50 bucks. Okay? That's okay. our game. Okay? So when you come in. But, and again, so imagine 100 people play. 40 of them, 45 of them are going to 2x, 3x, 4x, 5x their season investment because they paid an entry fee. And so when they pay that fee and they do really well, they make smart choices. They take risks. They itemize correctly. They learn the mechanics and they win. They're going to receive really high rewards for their participation in the season. But you have the other skaters didn't make good choices, didn't itemize correctly, died, etc. They're not, they won't get their entry fee back. They won't be able to multiply their entry fee. And that's true of anyone who holds any hero, Rift or Genesis. So whether you hold the Genesis or a Rift hero, your ability to perform in the season is identical. The point about Genesis heroes is they can just produce more heroes, which is additional upside for them, but that doesn't make them better at the game or their ability to earn in the game. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. that goes back to sustainable tokenomics. That model is sustainable. For sure. Because you have $400 coming in and $350 going out. Yeah. The other idea is if you, ha you 
if you can't afford the Genesis Heroes, you, the other option is the gen, the Rift Heroes, which come out over That's time. Right, right. The market will determine what those are worth. Mm-hmm. And then I think you had mentioned this in our demo that we did the game. It was roughly looking at like 10,000 over emission heroes over the first year or something roughly. Over the first year, but that could change. Could change. Let's say, again, I'm just throwing out a number. Let's say there was 30,000 individual wallets that wanted to play. We might be like, hey, community, we need to up the drop rate, right? And the inverse is true as well. Let's say only 8,000 people, like we we can read the volume and then tweak the drop rates accordingly, but it's really going to be subject to, we want there to be a really nice tension between people on the demand side and what the drop rates are. If we put the drop rates super high, people are just pooping out heroes. I don't think that's good for anybody. So we have to have a nice tension. Yeah, I like it. That's one thing I think is coming from, again, games of axes, these things like that. It is all that, oh, mega ultra hype and everyone gets pumped in and everyone's excited. And then when they see the just constant emission of everything, it gets very, I don't know, just off-putting per se. And most, even, not even just games, just every large, there's very few DeFi protocols at all or any and anything in the crypto space that actually has good tokenomics. Like off the top of my head, I can think of five, maybe five platforms that actually have, the token has value. That's literally a curve is like one of the ones I'm like, okay, that has value because everyone needs to use it for DAOs and shit. What kind of things have you thought about this in terms of the tokenomics and what other tokens are in the game besides the So there's only one token, it's DCX. You need tokens to play the season. So there's that one new token utility. You need tokens to summon. You need tokens to learn skills, which are also NFTs. And then outside of those three core functions at launch, additional token utilities planned. The more token utility, the better. I think everyone intuitively gets that about tokens. So like most projects back in the bull run were like, hey, here's a token. We're really cool. This is like a cool project, but zero utility. But hey, we got 40,000% APRs. This is so fire. (laughs) And that's obviously not going to work. So we want there to be huge amounts of token utility. And we're launching with decent utility. We're going to increase the utility as we press. Very cool. Really quick before we go into another topic, I did see that the again we're talking about how the mint is coming up now. There's I went over to the mint button and I see that there's a random mint and then there's a boosted mint. So for the people that are looking to take part of the actual drop and everything like that, what are those mechanics like? So I see that if you do the mint or excuse me, if you do the boosted mint, you're just gonna have a little bit more say into exact class and gender of the heroes that you're receiving, and you increase your rarity chance. So is that obviously gonna cost just a a little bit more just a little extra cheddar on top yep so you don't have to do it but for those people who want that additional benefit like open to it awesome and then do you guys have the price of what the mint is going to be all those red sox guy what do you think the price of the mint will be i have no idea that's why i'm asking (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) i get some okay so i will say this this is what we've said so far and so i can't give i can't say more than we've said yet okay we haven't announced it but I will say it will be between two and four hundred dollars to mint the to mint a hero. Awesome. All right. And then on the side of the boosted, same range or yeah, same range. Like it wouldn't be crazy. It would be a small okay. premium to boost. It wouldn't be anything okay. crazy. Very cool. Awesome. We got anything else that you want to cover on this one or 
what anything else you can think of that might be beneficial to people listening? So just for your FYI listeners, we have gameplay available. You can go see what the game looks like. We did a town hall. We did a full game demo. So Crypto Cryer got a one-on-one demo because he's super Damn. cool. Right? He's a VIP. <laughs> But and you're not all VIPs, unfortunately. Just kidding, you are. You really are. Really quickly, it just means that Cryer just lost a lot in DFK, so you felt bad for him, (laughs) so you allowed him to see it. That's right. Isn't that what I said? That's what he meant. Okay, that's what you said. But you can go see, like the game plays like an old school, I would say, polished art RPG with a lot of texture. And we gave a little five minute gameplay teaser. There's a lot more that goes into it. But if you're like, I just want to see what it is, you can go see right now. We saved that town hall video to our YouTube. So if you just go look up Dragon's Crossing on YouTube, you can see the town hall. You can meet the team. You can, we do a ton of Q and A. Hop in the Discord. I'm in the Discord. I'm the founder. I know all the mechanics. I'm involved in all the development. I lead the development. If you ask me a question, I will answer it in the Discord. Yeah, we're pretty transparent. We got a good, I think we have a really good thing going, so. Awesome. Absolutely. Now, one question, one last question on my side. So for you, you have everything already on this roadmap that the game's going to be out when they mint. Everything's going to go as planned if it does, hopefully. Afterwards, what are you most excited about in the future? Hey, this is what I would love for us to go ahead and try or do something different or do something the same as all the other other games that have been out there. Like what, what would excite you the most that you are like, hey, what if we did this? You're a good host. You should. You guys should do this more often. This is a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like our what 130th episode. So you guys are polished <laughs> at this point. You're a well-oiled machine. We're trying. Uh, we're trying, and we're nerds. Yeah, we're, so what else do we have to do? So right. come on. So I would say our my number one priority post-launch is stability. Right. So we're gonna. There's gonna be a phase where we're super high burn on. You know, is balance game balance is gonna be so big. Like one of my fears is someone's gonna say because again it's seasonal and it's competitive. So if the warrior class is overtuned and the mage class is undertuned, oh, it's so stupid, it's broken, the warriors are one, that's so dumb. So there's gotta be like, I'm really concerned about balance. I'm concerned about just the stability of the app, making sure there's just like totally seamless, we've resolved all the bugs. But the first feature that we're super focused on is it's a competitive game by nature, but I want there to be more of the traditional, I log in, I have the same hero, that hero never goes away and I don't reset with a season. So consider it like perpetual play. I don't pay to play a season because I'm always logging in just like a typical video game. And so I wanna get that perpetual mode off the ground because someone might wanna participate, but they're like, I don't like the competitive thing. I don't wanna compete against a season ladder. I just wanna log in and play and maybe have a little upside. And so that's our first mode is like that mode. We're calling it perpetual or adventure mode. Okay, okay. I will say right now, if I am minting, I definitely got to go to the Warriors side. I'm a big Vikings guy. Like anything Vikings, just like I need. So we're <laughs> yeah, expecting a DM from you at some point, letting me know if you're minting because you, you're still on the fence. I want to know if you actually oh, pushed him over. I got to go look at you. Listen, Cryer got a one-on-one demo. <laughs> I got to figure out like the peasants over right. here, He's... the less VIPs. Nah and figure it out but it's definitely something really cool to look at the art looks phenomenal the zones look awesome as well actually while you were talking was watching the video a little bit so um taking it in and seeing it again i'm a big i'm a big runescape fan so when you like when i look at this i said it first cryer it's usually you that says it's kind of weird but when i see this type of the art and like the characters it reminds me of that game which i literally have open to the left of me right now he's like triple Um, so again it's just 
I'm like quadruple taxing right now. He's playing Marvel Snap. He's serious. No, no, not Marvel (laughs) Snap right now. But I, by the way, side note, I got to infinite. I'm level 105 right now on Marvel Snap. I just had to say that first time. You just wanted to throw that out. (laughs) You just had to throw that out. But I will say again, the website looks awesome. The mint is going to be great. Again, just seeing not i wouldn't say what would i not say like this is something different this is something new when you said that you're gonna have everything ready like i'm not used to that crier we're literally waiting you've been abused you're like a battered woman like i'm trying to take care of you i want to like rehab (laughs) you I'm literally we'll go right off the bat if it's great or not. If it gets like, good damn, perception, yeah, no, we'll I, I like out. that. And here, I'll be honest as well. If you have that game ready and know some people have played and whatnot, and guess what? The game isn't as what you thought it was going to be. That allows you to have that feedback from the community and able to take that feedback and figure things out. That's the whole point of I, I building believe, in the of open. Web3 yeah. and what's going yeah. on. Building in the open, building with the community, taking that feedback and building together and just figuring things out. And again, like you said, Web3 world is so open right now. You're not competing against these massive, the Microsofts, yeah. the active Activision is Microsoft now. Indie games um, in general. All these are- Blizzard. Wait, no, that's Activision too. That, that, that's Activision too. All these massive Nintendo, PlayStation, yeah, Sony. There you go. Yeah. Ubisoft. There you go. All these people so it just allows you to figure it out and it's just an awesome thing to do and like you guys and like you said at the beginning of it you were and and just now we're, we've been abused by a lot of projects in the web3 space and maybe the best people in this space are those that unfortunately went through the ringer we're and now abused. have all the tools highly abused have really all the tools and experience. Makes me a very good <laughs> exactly that makes you into something it's gonna allow you to not become who you thought you were going to become or this is the start of a villain <laughs> yeah. arc and you do become <laughs> what you thought you were into and then it's like a whole we won't talk about that we but increase yes, the emissions by ten thousand percent guys <laughs> do this shit load it up yeah load it up but no it's been definitely awesome to have uh, to have you on i know it's gonna be crier's gonna be the one that's gonna just be like all right rsg let's do it let's figure it out here's what's going on he's the massive nerd on that side while i just stick to as you can tell all the marvel stuff but it's gonna be super cool to look at it again because of crier i was able to fortunately or unfortunately be become a part of dfk honestly i'll take 22 did you get in at 22 no, twenty-two dollars. Twenty-two dollars. Oh, but I got in. It was fun. And the one thing I will say on this side of DFK, at least for me personally, that obviously Crier's the bigger crypto guy, DeFi guy, even NFT guy. For me, it allowed me to learn so much more about DeFi, so much more about yeah. projects. So LPs again, I always well, take yeah, like all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, LPs. All Why this crazy stuff. Crier up in your room. Sure. Like I feel like his image should be in your room. It's over. It's I actually there. do have. It's right there. <laughs> But it's his alien. It's not it's him. It's his lonely alien. Not over the bed. But I do on have the a picture there. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have two pictures of Cryer in my room. I'm Are not really? gonna lie. And it's with yeah, I do with you, me, Fud. All and we were in Miami, oh, yeah. and the other one. <laughs> Actually, both were in Miami. You know what? Her. I'm for the team. I'm for NRN. I'm for NRN. So I have pictures of the squad. But uh, other than that, I did want to go ahead and end the episode with just a little bit of nerd talk. Uh, more than happy to jump in here, Eric, because hopefully you're on that. I'm a, I mean, I'm a big nerd. You're a nerd. You're already on this show. So totally that means you're nerd. a nerd. But I did want to mention. Did I mention that I was 100 on Mobile <laughs> yeah, Snap? Yeah, you did, bro. Got it. Just I just want to make sure. Number one. Number two. Yeah, high priority there. Number two, for all the people that have been caught up with The Mandalorian, wow. 
just wow <laughs> nominal stuff going outside bad batch as well on um, the other show i've been watching ted lasso hopefully cryer you've been watching mm, as well ted lasso. Oh, i'm still haven't watched these i've been really busy last uh, i was on va- so vacation good. cryer so season good. one and two so i will go back into season three. Oh yeah we live so good it's like the it's phenomenal show. what a good show it's great. Other thing I did want to say, I'm catching up on One Piece. I'm almost, I'm almost there. I'm almost at 800 episodes just yep. to let Hard people pass. know. I, I try. I watched one episode because he's like, "Dude, so good." I'm just like, "That's nah, not it's phenomenal, me. man." Have you guys I'm watched here. Hunter x Hunter? I'm watching with my son. Uh, I have not. So I've been good. told it's really it is good. So good. I've been, I've been told by a lot of people that it's really good. I, again, I'm actually not a big anime person. My girlfriend, her brother, for the last literally five years, has been like One Piece, One Piece, One Piece, One Piece. And I said no. And then last Anything year, that's 800 episodes long, <laughs> like already, he, he already he started not even long. I was like two months, three months, maybe four months. No, He's no, housed no. Um, seven 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 months six seven months <laughs> so i've been ha- i've been going ham i got all the i got also, all the have either of you done castlevania i'm not a big I, anime I guy. i've only watched either. like I i'm not either That's i'm not either actually i don't watch it on yeah, anime yeah, yeah. but hunter x hunter castlevania are like good okay. so good that's the thing. I have to finish this to get into something else, but uh, we'll see what happens. The other thing I did also want to mention on the Marvel side, we finally got a date for Secret Invasion, which is the Nick Fury show, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, nice. If I'm not mistaken, it's July 21st. We're finally getting something. And on the other side, Daredevil, we're getting some more information of what exactly it's going to be. And it looks like they're going the route. This could be somewhat of a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear this, close your ears. But I think they're going... I think they're going the route of Mayor King, a kingpin, and pretty much taking down vigilantes. And it's going to be with Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, Daredevil, Punisher, and Spider Man. So we might see Spider Man in those one of those eighteen episodes that Daredevil is going to be a part of next nice. year. So I'm just super excited of anything Marvel. As you can wait, tell. is it the same Daredevil actor from the Netflix show? Yes. Okay, so here's my question. I'm not a big Marvel guy. I did watch Daredevil and I had to stop. It was so frustrating. This is his shtick. He goes, I can't kill anybody. And then he'll like throw someone down seven flights of stairs. And I'm like, okay, if they're not dead, it's like Batman. they are maimed for life. Yeah, so yeah, what's yeah, your that's, like, that's, no, wait, no, it gets dead, better. Though. Then someone breaks into his apartment and is trying to murder him. Okay. And this super hot girlfriend slits the ninja's throat. And he's like, how dare you kill that person? I was like, what did you want her to do? Are you kidding me? I'm out. He wanted you to throw him stairs. Exactly. Just throw him down the stairs. Maim him for life. He'll eat out of a tube for the rest of his life. Just don't take his life. Listen, listen, oh, this is so the, that's always been the thing with Batman. He every time he's like, I don't kill, but he lame. literally like just beats the <laughs> yeah. living crap out of everyone. Yeah, I agree. It's really like, lame. It's, it's but Daredevil, wild. I thought, was more egregious. Are you a boys okay. fan then? You just like hey, light them up, just like oh, melt people. The boys, Dude, I thought they had boys, or uh, what is it called? What's the cartoon? Invincible. Um, Invincible. Invincible was so good. This guy loves Invincible. Yes, that, I that love Invincible. I was like in shock when he kills the whole Justice League. <laughs> I was just like, blown I away. have literally like massive like volume books. I watched that first episode and read all the comics. That's how. And I oh, don't. Wait, really... So did the comics match 
perfectly. They do, they do like little, like they do most of it, but in the show, which I also think The Last of Us did such yeah, a great job with, they added just a little bit of a spin that even the fans of the comic, even the fans of the game, had like a oh shit moment because you okay, so that way it's not a play by play, right? Like you exactly, get some exactly. new, some new feel. feel. You get something new, something different for those fans that have been waiting literally years for the show, movie, etc. So super awesome, Invincible. They actually have said that it is coming at the end of this season or end of this year we are getting a long time we've been waiting a long time it's been a while man i know so i'm super excited a lot of really great things are out right now another thing again the rise of the galaxy flash john wick's out right now i did go see creed 3 not that good but that's about it that's all we got eric thank you so much for stopping by let me ask you this. If anyone wants to find you on Twitter, the Twitter for the project, everything like that, go ahead and spit all that out right now. And we will also put this in the podcast description. So it's easy to click, easy to find. So go ahead. So my handle is at bloater punch and the project is at dragons crossing. Perfect. And if you want to find us on discord, dragons crossing, YouTube, dragons crossing, and the website is dragonscrossing.com. Perfect. Perfect. And for last thing I will ask, the mint date so everyone knows tbd but it's in may we'll announce it perfect we will announce it very soon awesome awesome for everyone listening we got one more fire you finish this for us Ooh, go ahead tomorrow i will be wiping rsg's body off the floor in a play wild card tournament that'll be hosted on twitch Okay, that's not where I thought that was going, by the way. When you said, I'm going to wipe his body, I just was like, yeah. okay, where are we going He's got- he was, he was going to daredevil me. He was literally about to throw me down the stairs right after. So I got oh. pictures of RSG on this wall, too. So, you know, we're good. No, we play wild card. They'll be coming on uh, the 5th of April. So it's another Web3 game. It's a competitive, a, like a MOBA. So it's a 1v1 type situation with 3v3 also coming up, but we will have a tournament tomorrow. Whoever wins gets to give away all of the whitelist spots. So pick Team Crier or Team RSG. You can find it on our NRN website. I will say that Yaba picked Crier, so <laughs> which means I'm going to Fuck. win because we always inverse yeah, Yaba. Yaba's calls are bad. Everyone listening at home, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. Eric, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast as well. Always a pleasure for you to come back, nerd out, talk about the project, or just cry about DFK with us as well. <laughs> thank you, everyone. We'll catch you guys. Keep grabbing those bricks and build something. There you go. I still can't end this podcast one of these days, maybe 128. Peace. <laughs>